There are so many practical techniques and strategies that teachers can use to weave vocabulary instruction into an already existing daily curriculum. Now, while this can be a formalized block of set time aside to focus specifically on vocabulary, it can range far past that. Through interactive games, technology tools, cross-curricular integration, vocabulary instruction can be prioritized and embedded naturally. So today, I am so pumped to share strategies for ways that you can think deeper about the experiences that you can offer to your students to help guide them into solid vocabulary acquisition. So if you are ready to learn some vocabulary strategies, I will meet you inside. Welcome to the Literacy Dive podcast, a podcast for educators who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing instruction. I'm your host, Megan, a true lover of all things literacy. Join me each week as we dive into teaching tips, engaging ideas, and actionable step-by-step strategies and examples to help you close the gap and lead confidently with best practices. I'm all about keeping things simple and digestible so that you can implement what you learn here as soon as tomorrow. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast. I love strategies for anything, and that is because it reminds me that there is no one-size-fits-all approach to learning. There are different modes and methods that can be used to reach any goal. And today, we are going to continue our talk on vocabulary acquisition as we start part three of a four-part series. Part one focused on understanding vocabulary and the role that it plays within our classrooms and within our lives, so you can listen to that episode 145 to get more information on that. Part two focused on dispelling common myths and misconceptions about vocabulary, which was needed to see how critical this instruction is for our students, and that was all shared in episode 146. So today in part three, episode 147, I am diving into strategies to integrate vocabulary instruction seamlessly into your classroom. Now, the last two weeks, I also shared a special link. You can go to theliteracydive.com slash vocabulary, where I put together a small sample set of a vocabulary resource that can be used in whole group, small group, or independently. So make sure to download that free sample through that link or by clicking on the link in the show notes. So what if I told you that vocabulary instruction can be playful? You may stop in your tracks and give me the side eye, I get it, but games are a proven way to unlock learning. This is because games are not just fun. They are powerful cognitive tools that can make vocabulary stick. An example of this is vocabulary charades. This is where students will act out words without speaking, letting their classmates guess what it is. Students have to do a high level of thinking on both ends as the actor and as the guesser. Something a game like word bingo is different than regular bingo because definitions are called out and students can mark the corresponding word. Another option is Pictionary, and we should not forget about utilizing this classic game because it focuses on illustrating, and in this game, 
Students can illustrate vocabulary words and have others guess what it is based on the drawing. Now, these three games are probably very familiar to you. They're very interactive for sure, but they not only reinforce word meanings, but also promote teamwork and critical thinking. Another game that comes to mind is Taboo. If you have never played that game or heard of it, just look it up and read over the instructions online. But think about how engaging this game would be and how much it would impact the vocabulary of a student, especially when they are unable to say five specific words that are commonly relative to describe the vocabulary word at hand. Now, an example of this would be, let's say that the vocabulary word that you're wanting to use is the word member. Now, I'm keeping it simple just to make this connection. So if the word is member, and that is what you want students to guess, then you would not be able to say the word team, person, people, together, or group. So it's going to have to cause you to use a higher order level of thinking so that you could be able to still describe and explain this word without using those go-to phrases. So this is something that would be really, really exciting for kids, but also really beneficial to help their language acquisition and to get them thinking far beyond those general terms. Now, by turning your vocabulary lesson into a game here and there, you are creating these memorable, engaging experiences all around words. Now, you might be wondering where to even find words to use for these certain games, and I'm always saying think smarter, not harder. You can do a quick Google search for grade-level vocabulary words that can be acted out or drawn or defined. You can literally ask for that. You could also use AI, like ChatGPT, to create a list of words for you. Now, I did not have access to that years ago, but this is a tool that's definitely accessible to you today, so I would say to utilize it. And it's as simple as saying that I want a list of vocabulary words that can be acted out by fourth grade students. I want a list of words that can be drawn easily by third grade students. And you can definitely tweak and play with it, but this is something that I would highly recommend that you try, especially if you want to give that experience and exposure to your students in a really playful way. Making anything visible is going to have a different effect than something that's left abstract. Making vocabulary visible is a great way to reach your students in a significant way. Word walls. Now, Hear me out. Word walls as a word wall, what we know it to be from the past, have kind of lost their meaning and that level of effectiveness from the original way that we use them, which was just to display high frequency and sight words. However, you could create a vocabulary word wall. Now, I have tried this myself, and I will say that each year, it could essentially look different depending on the new vocabulary that you want to introduce and explore with your students or what subject area, content area you want to really focus on. It can look a variety of ways. Your vocabulary, it can come from read-alouds. It can come from articles, videos, any source of print that communicates to students. As you learn and interact with different words, you can add them to a vocabulary word wall. And I always just prefer to use sentence strips so that the word definition and a sentence or example can be displayed. But this vocabulary word wall can be open and fluid to include any vocabulary that we explored. 
And from that, because it's a big visual right there accessible to you and your students, you and them can be intentional to find opportunities to use those specific vocabulary words in your discussions with your students. You can reference that vocabulary word wall for meaning and connection. Your vocabulary word wall, again, like I said earlier, it can be thematic. It can be alphabetical. It can be based on difficulty. You could do a range of things with this. And while I love for that to be displayed, you could also think about ways to simplify it and make it more on a personal size so that your students have access. So I hope this is getting your wheels turning. This can look a variety of ways. And if you have specific questions, feel free to reach out to me because I absolutely love diving into what this could look like for unique classrooms with diverse students, just all the different ways that it can be included and embedded into your day. So feel free to reach out. I am briefly interrupting this episode to paint a picture for you. Imagine this, your students engaged, focused, smiling, laughing, eager to share, not even looking at the clock, and all of this because they are truly enjoying the craft of writing. This is a result when you begin disguising writing in a way where students have maximum buy-in, but don't even realize they're actually doing it. These daily writing disguise routines can be done in just 10 minutes or less each day and will increase stamina, build confidence, provide opportunities for writing skill practice, and will leave your students craving more. So who's ready to eliminate the moans, those groans, and maybe even tears? If that's you, go ahead and head to theliteracydive.com slash disguise to learn more about these daily writing disguise collections. One thing about vocabulary is that kids can learn the same words, but it can also be empowering to recognize that based on student interest of genres, topics, authors, the vocabulary that your students explore could be vastly different. So having your students keep a vocabulary journal of some sort allows them to have a space to become aware of the words that they don't know, but then they can focus on the meanings. And then it also gives them a chance to interact with it in a new way. Now, a journal can simply be a section in a student notebook, or it could be a section in a binder. It does not have to be an official journal created solely for vocabulary, but it also could be. Students are basically going to be responsible for jotting down new words, their meanings, synonyms, antonyms, and even sketches. And this is a great way to make vocabulary tangible and to begin that process of experimentation that's going to lead to acquisition. Of course, there are common anchor charts that can be a helpful, helpful tool for students. The most important role of these charts are going to be it's going to help students make connections between words as that first initial encounter and then being able to go a little bit deeper and explore. Now, thesaurus charts are a great starter chart to make connections between common, more easier words, and then finding an alternate word that could be used in its place. And there's a simple activity that you can be able to do for this. So you would want to show students a common word. And then you want to show them other more sophisticated, but still kid-friendly and achievable word choice options and allow them an opportunity to respond to a question using an alternate word choice. Now, this is not designed to try and like trick your students, but you have to do this in a way that's going to allow them to see this connection. So as a simple example, you could ask, 
Do you prefer the weather to be hot or cold? I want you to tell me why. Now, you're going to display some different word choices for hot and some different word choices for cold, and then allow them the practice of using it with their speaking. So a reply could be, I prefer the weather to be scorching, or I prefer the weather to be sweltering over cold because I could cool myself off in the pool every single day and I love to swim. Or a response could be, I prefer the frigid temperatures over the heat because I would not sweat as easily. And anytime I get super sweaty, I have to change clothes and I hate that. So these alternative words would be borrowed from your thesaurus, or if you want to make it simplified for your students, you could give them mini thesaurus synonym charts. And by making the vocabulary visible for them, you can constantly remind your students of the richness of language surrounding them. And not only can they notice it in reading, but then they can also begin using it in daily communication and in their writing as well. More and more classrooms are getting more access to tech tools, and they can be used to integrate vocabulary as well. There are apps like Quizlet that will allow students to create digital flashcards and partake in games to challenge them to match words with definitions. There are different sites like Vocabulary.com that offer those personalized learning pathways, quizzes, context-based explanations, All of those types of options as an added support just to aid in students' new understandings of words. Thesaurus.com is amazing to show students that more sophisticated grown-up language, synonyms for more common words, or to show more common words for a tricky word that they came across in their text. It really can work both ways, so you just have to be really creative with how you're utilizing these tools with your students. There is also a toggle on the thesaurus.com that will go directly to dictionary.com. So within the same website, there is going to be definition support and parts of speech support is available as well for your students. There are many interactive ebooks that can physically highlight suspected challenging words within a text, and it's going to explain right then and there what those words mean. Kids can normally hover over those words and can audibly receive more information about it as well as the pronunciation of how to say it. So using tech tools like this will definitely meet our 21st century kiddos in their realm of digital learning, making vocabulary instruction modern, dynamic, and personalized. Now, words can also be introduced cohesively, and by bundling vocabulary into thematic units, words become interlinked stories rather than isolated entities. And what I mean by this is that words like canopy, biodiversity, and ecosystem can be introduced together when exploring the rainforest habitat. Words like astronaut, orbit, gravity, those can be bundled together when discussing space exploration. The main benefits of this practice of introducing words and clusters around a theme is that their meanings will resonate deeper and how they are interrelated will become clearer for your students. Anytime students can make additional connections, it adds to the stored vocabulary in their brains. And using vocabulary from thematic topics like science and social studies will help to explain this newer tricky concept to kids by ways of the topic-specific language, thus resulting in vocabulary acquisition. So definitely 
Think about your thematic units, your themes, your different standards, and what vocabulary is specific to it and bundle it together to help students bridge those gaps and make those connections. That kind of leads into the last point that I want to dive into today, and this is intentionally seeking vocabulary in cross-curricular context. So going one step further, this is not just about keeping the vocabulary that is specific to one content area in that content area. And what I mean by this is, are you introducing circumference in math? Even if you don't teach math, guess what? You can support your students and your partner teachers in their areas where they are having to teach these different types of words to your students. You can do this seamlessly because you can then discuss the etymology of circumference during your ELA block and talk about the origin of the word. You can break it apart into syllables. You can try to make sense of it that way. If you are talking about predictions and reading, well, that language can be brought back up whenever talking about science and having students predict what will happen in an experiment. If you are learning about genealogy in science, you can also use that learning by bringing text into your read aloud that support history of ancestors and descendants or even traditions of family groups. And then you can engage in writing specifically related to students' research of their own families by way of a family tree. So now you're able to interweave social studies exploration of families. So in these examples, students will get to learn more about that word in a different subject and can also apply the meaning through different tasks and different means of exposure. If you have a research block, that is a perfect place or your social studies time to learn about the history, thinking about how that word came to be. And then again, I'm going to repeat it because a lot of you, if you're listening, are probably ELA teachers. Breaking apart those words in your ELA block, bringing it into your word study, and really being able to engage and hit those standards, but also using vocabulary that your students have to know, they're going to interact with, they're going to be tested on, bring that in from other content areas. By introducing vocabulary in cross-curricular contexts, we are showing students the fluidity and how universal words are. It also enhances deeper understanding, knowing that photosynthesis is not just for science when they're writing a poem about a plant's life in English. Every subject, every lesson, every discussion can be a potential vocabulary goldmine. We just have to dig deep, work smarter, not harder to find opportunities to make these vocabulary connections happen. I truly hope that this episode has inspired you into seeing how vocabulary can be woven into different parts of your curriculum very naturally and very, very easily. Try using any of the strategies that I've shared, and to recap, those strategies are to make vocabulary fun with games. It truly aids retention and application in a beneficial way. You can display new vocabulary to make it a part of your classroom environment. You can make it visible through vocabulary word walls, anchor chart support, and vocabulary journal writing. You can explore tech tools that can make vocabulary instruction interactive for your students. You want to find ways to link vocabulary learning to units of study for relevance. And thematic units are a breeding ground for finding vocabulary. 
Vocabulary, no matter where you first explore that term, can easily be brought into different content areas in a very meaningful and purposeful way. And this one is important. Vocabulary is not limited to ELA. It is everywhere. Identifying all of the additional places vocabulary can make its debut will be so helpful as your students strive to acquire this new language. I truly love vocabulary because of how it enhances a piece of text or a conversation between another person. And next week, we are going to wrap up this vocabulary talk by diving into ways to obtain writing excellence through the use of strong vocabulary. So please make sure to tune back in to hear more on this topic. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Be sure to click that follow button so you never miss a new episode. And if you are enjoying what you hear, please consider sharing this podcast with a friend. Until the next episode, we can hang out over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive, and you can search The Daily Writing Disguise in your web browser to dive into a stockpile of creative writing activity collections created by me with student engagement in mind. For literacy resources and support, you can search The Literacy Dive on TPT. I'll catch you in the next episode.